Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hi friends, I am back. Last time you heard from me, I think I told you that I was going to take a four-month maternity leave. Well, Enzo just turned six months and I'm finally sitting down back in front of the microphone. I'm back doing tapping meditations for the app. I'm slowly getting back to work and it took a lot longer than I had expected. Motherhood has been the hardest and most humbling experience of my life and definitely the most rewarding. But man, I feel like my life has just been turned upside down in a really crazy and also beautiful way. And that's the thing about motherhood or at least the experience that I'm having is I went through such low lows, but also such high highs. And now I feel like Enzo and I are in a place where he's doing well, he's healthier, he's sleeping better. But we definitely struggled in the beginning with a very tough labor and uh, different challenges. I had I struggled breastfeeding. Um, he struggled with eczema and with allergies. I had to be on a very strict diet. Um, he had reflux. And all of this with navigating with very little sleep. Um what I'm hoping to share with you in these next two episodes is a little bit about my journey through experiencing miscarriage, the two miscarriages I had and my labor. Um, and then the next episode will be just some insights on early motherhood. I am not an expert here. I don't like it when someone has one kid and they suddenly become a parenting expert. I am not that person. I am still very much figuring it out. But this I do know, I've been able to get through some difficult times because I had resources around me, because I had friends who were sharing their experiences. And in last in the last episode, I asked you guys if you were interested to hear about my labor and my experience, and I got so many messages um, asking me to share. And so I'm splitting this into two different episodes because they are two very different journeys, the miscarriages and the pregnancies, and then early motherhood. So today, what I'd really like to do is to share my experience with miscarriages. And it makes me a little nervous to sit here and have this conversation because I know so many people have struggled with this. And it's easy for me to sit here now when I have a baby napping in the other room and talk about miscarriages because I'm on the other side of it. I have a healthy baby now, but I know what it feels like to wonder whether that day will ever come. And maybe you're in that situation now, or maybe you know a friend who is in that situation Or maybe you're listening because you're curious. And I think that um, in this show, even if you're not going through this exact situation, I do believe that there are lessons that we learn through these experiences that we can apply to other areas of our lives. So I experienced, um, my first miscarriage was very early on. And, um, you know, I got a positive pregnancy test and then 
a few weeks later, even before going to the doctor, um, I started to bleed and it was, I had such, I was disappointed and I was sad and I was scared because I thought, what does this mean? The miscarriage I struggled the most with was the second because I was a little further along and I went to the doctors and I could see the little blob, but I noticed that something was off. And the doctor kept questioning me as to, it's actually a midwife I was seeing. The midwife kept asking me if I was really sure about when I thought I conceived. And I am such a type A personality. I had everything written down in my app. I knew. And I, I had the ultrasound and the next day I was leaving to California for a trip um, with my husband. It was really random. We we have rarely gone on vacation just because it's usually because there's a wedding or there's some kind of event, but we had these miles from an issue we had before. We, we got some money from the airlines from a previous mistake that they made and we had to use it. So we had decided to go to California. Now this will all, I'm sharing this for a reason. So we decided to go to California and the day before I get this news that something doesn't quite look right with the baby. And I looked at my midwife and I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. I can't go on a trip for a week and wonder if my baby's okay. You have to let me know. And so my flight, I had to leave my house at 12 o'clock. I was able to get an ultrasound at 8.30 in the morning. And I went there and again, they, they told me that they didn't see a heartbeat, but they still felt like it was too early, that I had to wait longer. And I had to wait, I think they said maybe two more days and I knew I'd be in California. So I got on that plane and I was just so worried and so stressed and incredibly hormonal. And I get to California and I'm immediately looking to see where I can get an ultrasound while I'm there. I know that I cannot wait over a week to find out if this baby is okay. And I end up going to get an ultrasound two days later And the woman was really sweet, but they have a rule when you get an ultrasound that you, you're with a technician and that technician is not your doctor. They're not your midwife. So they can't tell you what they see. They're simply there to get the images. They send it to your midwife and then your midwife has the conversation with you. So as I was lying there with that cold gel on my stomach, as she was actually, no, it was an internal one. Um, So not comfortable and looking at the screen and wondering if it's okay. Um, She told me that she couldn't tell me um, if there was a heartbeat or not. And I began to cry and I looked at her and I just said, please, I, I just need to know. I know that you're not allowed to, but I'm away from home. I just need to know so that I can start this healing process because I suspected that there was no heartbeat from just her tone And she looked at me and she just said, honey, I'm so sorry to tell you, but there's no heartbeat. And it was such a kind thing for her to say and to give me that gift because I felt like I could start healing. What was really extraordinary is you might remember from an earlier podcast, I don't remember what episode, but I shared about 
living in California and being incredibly lost in my life and being single and I didn't know where I wanted to live and nothing in my life quite made sense. It all looked good. From the outside, I looked great, but I just felt really lost and I had moved far away from home to to live um, in Newport Beach. It was just crazy that as I'm crying over this miscarriage, I'm back there at Newport Beach where I had felt so lost before, but then it was there that I met my husband. And so it felt to me that life was telling me, I know you feel lost, I know you're sad, and I know you're scared, but this is going to work out. And it didn't make the pain any less, but it did create some comfort. I think the biggest thing for me was, for some unexplained reason, I have always had a fear that I wouldn't get pregnant. I think it's because I've always known that I wanted to be a mom so badly that the thought of not being able to was just heartbreaking. And the more time went by, the more anxious I felt. And so in that moment, I just felt such fear that it wouldn't happen for me, that this was the second time and how many more times would this happen? The other thing that was so incredibly difficult was that my very best friend um, lost a baby. I had thrown her a baby shower. Um, She was just a few weeks before giving birth and she noticed that the baby wasn't kicking one day and she went to the hospital and they did an emergency cesarean and the baby didn't live. And so in on that beach, I was just mourning the loss of for my friend, the loss of this baby, and also incredibly scared and mourning my own loss. And the thing about pregnancy and fertility is that there's only so much that you can control. You know, you can, we live in a life, right, where we know that if we do this, this, and that will get a certain outcome. Many of us are having children later in life, and we've lived a life where we know how to go and get them. We know how to get things done. And when it comes to fertility, there's a certain aspect that is so out of our control, which I think can be really unnerving and create a lot of stress. And so, I end up going home after this trip and they tell me that the miscarriage isn't being, my body isn't completing the miscarriage on its own. My body's holding on to this little fetus and that I can wait longer, but I was already starting to feel very sick and they said there were risks to waiting or I could do a DNC. It's a procedure where they remove Um, They kind of scoop everything out is what they do. So I went with my husband to get this procedure and I was tapping and I had my headphones on and I really was, I really made sure I was prepared. I made sure I was calm and centered because I knew that it was going to be painful. Um, You can choose to do it where you're completely knocked out or just local anesthesia, and I chose local anesthesia. I don't know what happened to that anesthesia because I did not feel that anesthesia. I felt the procedure, and it was so painful. They also injected fentanyl into my arm without asking me 
It's an opioid. They didn't ask me if I had an issue with opioids, which I think I don't, but I think it's incredibly irresponsible to give someone an opioid without explaining to them what you're doing. And the the opioid, the fentanyl, had nothing to do with my pain. It didn't, it wasn't anesthesia. They told me that it was just to help me begin to relax, which I didn't feel like I needed because I was really in such a great centered place. I'd been doing the tapping. I was ready for this procedure. I had the most horrendous reaction to the fentanyl. I felt like my whole body was on fire. I felt like I was going to vomit. After the procedure, I couldn't even put my pants on. I ended up just kind of squatting near a chair and holding on to my husband. They came into the room and they told me that I had to leave because they needed the room for another patient. And I could not move. I mean, I just have never in my life felt so horrible. And this angel of a nurse walks in and she sits next to me and she says, I am so sorry that we need this room. And she says, what you're experiencing is the fentanyl. And sometimes I wonder whether it's even worth giving this to women, but the doctor likes it. And something about her just letting me know what I was experiencing, that I was coming down from this drug and I was having a bad reaction was really helpful in the way that she said it. She really felt like she was showing up for me and validating the experience I was having. And and then I went home and I had just the most excruciating pain, the most horrible cramps. And that whole experience was so traumatic. And if anyone's listening to this and they might have a DNC, let me just tell you that my experience was very rare. I've had other friends go through it not as painful. The anesthesia worked. I just happened to have everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then I uh, continue having pain that I go to the doctor and I said to him, there's something wrong. And he says, I said to him, I'm having contractions. And he's like, oh, is it like period cramps? And I said, no, I have had my period before. This is feels like a contraction. I've never been pregnant. I've never gone into labor, but I can tell you this is a contraction because this is something I've never felt. And he said, no, no, it's probably just a period cramp. And I'm thinking to myself, here I am talking to a man and trying to tell him the difference between a period cramp and a contraction. Like, please. So he looks at the ultrasound and there's a huge clot that was left behind. And he tells me that I have to immediately go and have the procedure done again. I walk into the waiting room to see my husband to tell him that I have to do the procedure again. And I just break down into tears. And I just said, I don't even know if I can, if I have this in me. And he was just solid. He, I didn't need him to say anything. He just held me and I knew it was just what I had to do. So I had the procedure again and I, I think I hosted Thanksgiving. I didn't want to tell my family. And as you have, as you know, or might guess, I'm very close to my family. Um, I didn't want to tell my parents because I just didn't want to tell them until the procedure was over. Because when other people worry about me, I have the tendency 
to want to comfort them. And I knew in this moment, I just needed to comfort myself. Now, for some people, when they're having a hard time like this, it's really helpful to talk to um, others and to share. And in some cases, I am like that. But in this situation, I just knew. I knew if I told people, I knew they would worry. And I knew my default would be trying to cheer them up. And in this time, I just needed to take care of myself. So I ended up hosting Thanksgiving. I don't know how I survived. I had planned it um, a long time ago and I hosted Thanksgiving, I think two days after the procedure. And I remember everyone leaving and I just collapsed on the couch. So it was, you know, the miscarriage was heartbreaking, but the recovery for me was really difficult. And all of that took weeks. Um, Then the next thing that happened was even after the second procedure, they found another blood clot. And so they wanted me to take a, um, a pill that would help induce, again, for, for me to release this, um, release everything that was left. And they gave me an opioid and they warned me that it could be excruciatingly painful. And I had to take that. And the drug didn't work on me. Um, it works on some people, didn't, didn't work on me. So I didn't feel anything. And luckily, I finally got my period and cleared that blood clot. But it was just one thing after another. And through that, I was just emotional and I was grieving and I felt lost. And I began to search to figure out, well, what do I do to feel better? Because when you experience a miscarriage, there's no ritual around it. When someone passes away, you have a funeral. There are things that happen in life where we tend to create rituals around them and it helps us heal and move forward. There's no rules around a miscarriage. There's no tradition. Um, there's nothing. It, people suffer in silence. And I felt like I needed something. I needed something to process the experience that I went through. And so I ended up reaching out to two people who who really helped. And I have a few lessons here that I wrote down that really helped me through this time. I want to say again, I experienced this twice. I know people who've experienced this 10 times, 20 times. I know people who had different types of miscarriages and still don't have their babies. And my heart breaks for them because it is so difficult and so heartbreaking. And so as I share this advice, I want to do it in a way that's sensitive. And if you're listening to this and you have this experience, you've had this experience, or you're going through this, maybe some of these things resonate with you. Maybe some of them don't. Honor your own feelings and your own experience. This is what really helped me. So the one thing that I was mentioning before is this idea of a ritual. So I reached out to two people. The first person was Heather Dane, who is um, Native American. She comes from, she has Native American ancestry, and she's really studied the Native American culture. And she's just a good friend and someone I connect with when I'm struggling. And I told her, and she ended up sending me this Native American hairbrush. And she told me about how, you know, when it's a new moon, that this tribe would, these women would brush their hair. And as they brushed their hair, they would just visualize letting go of what they no longer needed. Like it was a cleansing experience. And so I would sit with this little comb 
and just take deep breaths and brush my hair with this intention. It wasn't just brushing my hair. It was doing something to help me release. It felt like a ritual. And obviously tapping was was helpful and I was using it, but the challenge was I didn't have a tapping meditation created. I know I'm an expert. I can probably write one up, but I can't when I'm hurting and when I'm struggling. I'm not in that place because when you're in pain, you're not creative and resourceful and you can't put something like that together. You need support from outside people. And for me, it was this this idea of, of brushing my hair and creating a ritual the other person I spoke to was Ayanla Van Zant. She has the TV show Ayanla Fix My Life on the OWN Network. And she comes, her ancestry, they're African. And she told me about an African ritual of putting fruit on your belly and then taking that fruit and putting it under a tree and thanking the tree. I don't even actually remember. I'm like trying to remember. And I kind of took these ideas and these rituals and I I kind of made them up. I I added my own thing. I did some things I didn't do other, but the point, the reason I'm sharing why I did these things that might seem wacky to certain people is that as a human society, we thrive around rituals and I needed something to honor the experience that I was going through. I needed some kind of ritual to let go of that pain. And so doing these little things really helped support me the other thing, um, so he, here are just a few more tips from from my experience. The other thing is to realize that you are not alone. Now, I shared earlier that I wasn't ready to share with my family what I was going through. After the procedure was over, I did, and I began to share with friends. I began to share with some friends before I even told my family, you have to do what feels right to you. But the more that I began to talk about my experience, the more I realized that I wasn't alone, that so many women go through this. And for many, it's just part of the process of becoming a mother. And so just talking about it and knowing that I'm not alone made me realize maybe there isn't something broken about me. Maybe there isn't something wrong with my body. Maybe this is a process and that this baby will eventually come. So knowing that I wasn't alone was really helpful. Um, I shared again with people who I cared about. I didn't share with everybody. I didn't put it on social media right away. I really just kept it. I wanted to keep this close to me and go through this experience myself. Another tip is that when you're going through something like this, this is not the time to reevaluate your life. What do I mean by that? It's so easy when we're struggling, when we're sad, when we're grieving, to begin to look at our whole life and to begin to project into the future of how this might happen again and how we might not get our happy ending. And what we have to realize is under these really emotionally and physically brutal situations, we are not able to think properly. When you are this hormonal, you cannot reflect on your life. You can't believe what you think. And it's something that I've actually spoken to. I was speaking to another friend who had an early miscarriage and she was having night sweats and she was so hormonal and she was crying a lot. And I told her what she was experiencing 
was normal and it was natural. But what's really important is through this recovering, through this moment, to not believe what you think, to know that you are hormonal and what you're thinking about isn't the reality. It doesn't mean that you have to be happy or try to control your thoughts, but just knowing don't believe what you think when you're going through these difficult times and don't try to sit there and goal set or think about your future or your past. When you're going through pain like this, your only intention and your only goal is to create comfort and ease in the moment. That's the only thing that you can do is comfort and ease in the moment. And you know, for those who are listening to this who aren't going through this experience, and again, maybe you're listening because you're curious, this is a lesson for any time you're really struggling. If you're really struggling, that is not the time to evaluate your life. All you can do is put your feet on the ground, take a nice grounding breath, and try to find some comfort and ease in the moment. The other thing that was just incredibly helpful was I spoke to Anthony Williams, who's the medical medium. I interviewed him for my podcast and I called him and I said, Anthony, what's what's wrong with me? I mean, I've gone through two miscarriages and this last one has been weeks to recover and just what is it? What's wrong with my body? And he said, Jessica, there's nothing wrong with your body. Your body looks great. And I said, well, why is this happening? Why am I having these miscarriages if you think my body's great and I don't need to do anything? And he said to me that when it comes to giving birth and bringing life into this world, there is a part that's out of our control. We could be doing everything right and we can be eating the right foods and we can be tapping and meditating and thinking positive thoughts, but there is another soul on the other side. And that soul also is deciding when they're ready to come in. So knowing that it wasn't all on me was incredibly freeing. And I gave myself time to speak to the soul on the other side, to speak to Enzo, the baby Enzo who has now appeared. And to say, I am ready when you are, but if now is not the time, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you're going to come at the right time for you. And now looking back, I look at when I would have had the babies before and I look at when Enzo came and it does feel so right. It just feels like this was exactly when he was meant to come. The timing really did feel so divine. So those were the things that helped me get through that time. And and I want to say one more time, it's easy for me to give advice when I have a happy ending. But even before my happy ending, those thoughts of remembering that I'm not alone, finding the people who could support me, not evaluating my life in those moments and simply finding peace and comfort, and then realizing that part of this is out of my control, results those were things that really helped me. And with that last sentence, Enzo woke up from his nap. So I'm back quickly to wrap it up. I had said earlier that I was going to also share a bit about my labor. And in the end, this episode ended up being more about my experience with miscarriage. And I'm happy with that. I feel like it. it's something that I've been thinking about and digesting. And I really wanted to share because it is 
something that so many women go through and they go through it in silence. And so I'm hoping to lend my voice so people don't feel so alone. If this is uh, an experience that you know someone else is going through, I hope that you pass on the show to them. And with that being said, it's been amazing, guys, the last few months being on maternity leave and seeing that so many of you are still tuning in. You're still listening to some of the old episodes I recorded. And the only reason that's happening is because you're sharing it with people that you love because I am not doing a very good job promoting. I am most of the time changing diapers and figuring out naps and um, trying to get some tapping meditations recorded. So it's this podcast is being spread because of people like you sharing it. So if you like this show, if there are other shows that you like, I really hope that you continue to share. It really means the world to me. You may have heard about it already, but we have a tapping solution app. It's I've never been so proud of anything in my entire life than this app. It's a free app. You can get 10 free tapping meditations and then the option to upgrade to listen to other tapping meditations. It makes it easy and it makes it accessible. And the main reason I'm mentioning it is I really wanted a tapping meditation when I was going through the miscarriage, but I wasn't in the place to write one and do it myself at that time, as you know. But now that um, I've had some time to let that experience digest and to reflect and to really think about what I really needed, I created a tapping meditation for finding ease after a miscarriage. So you can find that in the Tapping Solution app. We have a whole early motherhood section, a fertility section that I'm continuously adding to. And there's a tapping meditation there about miscarriages and other struggles with fertility. So check it out. It's the You just go to the app store and look up the Tapping Solution app. And we again, we have a lot of free ones. There is a free tapping meditation to relieve anxiety, which I have been using all the time. It's just so perfect and general and you can just, it applies to everything. So that's my go-to tapping meditation. And again, that's free when you download the app. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I appreciate it so much and I'm sending you all so much love. <music>